Chapter One of The Enemies of Books. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Enemies of Books by William Blades. Chapter One Fire. There are many of the forces of nature which tend to injure books but among them all not one has been half so destructive as fire it would be tedious to write out a bare list only of the numerous libraries and bibliographical treasures which in one way or another have been seized by the fire king as his own chance conflagrations fanatic incendiarism judicial bonfires and even household stoves have time after time thinned the treasures as well as the rubbish of past ages until probably not one thousandth part of the books that have been are still extant this destruction cannot however be reckoned as all loss for had not the cleansing fires removed mountains of rubbish from our midst strong destructive measures would have become a necessity from sheer want of space in which to store so many volumes before the invention of printing books were comparatively scarce and knowing as we do how very difficult it is even after the steam press has been working for half a century to make a collection of half a million books we are forced to receive with great incredulity the accounts in old writers of the wonderful extent of ancient libraries the historian gibbon very incredulous in many things accepts without questioning the fables told upon this subject no doubt the libraries of manuscripts collected generation after generation by the egyptian ptolemies became in the course of time the most extensive ever then known and were famous throughout the world for the costliness of their ornamentation and the importance of their untold contents two of these were at alexandria the larger of which was in the quarter called Bruchium. These volumes, like all manuscripts of those early ages, were written on sheets of parchment, having a wooden roller at each end, so that the reader needed only to unroll a portion at a time. During Caesar's Alexandrian War, B.C. 48, the larger collection was consumed by fire, and again burnt by the Saracens in A.D. 640. An immense loss was inflicted upon mankind thereby. But when we are told of 700,000 or even 500,000 of such volumes being destroyed, we instinctively feel that such numbers must be a great exaggeration. Equally incredulous must we be when we read of half a million volumes being burnt at Carthage some centuries later, and other similar accounts among the earliest records of the wholesale destruction of books is that narrated by st luke when after the preaching of paul many of the ephesians which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men and they counted the price of them and found it fifty thousand pieces of silver acts chapter nineteen verse nineteen doubtless these books of idolatrous divination and alchemy of enchantments and witchcraft were righteously destroyed by those to whom they had been and might again be spiritually injurious 
and doubtless had they escaped the fire then not one of them would have survived to the present time no manuscript of that age being now extant nevertheless i must confess to a certain amount of mental disquietude and uneasiness when i think of books worth fifty thousand denarii or speaking roughly say eighteen thousand seven hundred fifty pounds of our modern money being made into bonfires what curious illustrations of early heathenism of devil worship of serpent worship of sun worship and other archaic forms of religion of early astrological and chemical lore derived from the egyptians the persians the greeks what abundance of superstitious observances and what is now termed folklore what riches too for the philological student did those many books contain and how famous would the library now be that could boast of possessing but a few of them note the received opinion is that the pieces of silver here mentioned were roman denarii which were the silver pieces then commonly used in ephesus if now we weigh a denarius against modern silver it is exactly equal to ninepence and fifty thousand times ninepence gives one thousand eight hundred seventy five pounds it is always a difficult matter to arrive at a just estimate of the relative value of the same coin in a different age but reckoning that money then had at least ten times the purchasing value of money now we arrive at what was probably about the value of the magical books burnt namely eighteen thousand seven hundred fifty pounds End note the ruins of ephesus bear unimpeachable evidence that the city was very extensive and had magnificent buildings it was one of the free cities governing itself its trade in shrines and idols was very extensive being spread through all known lands there the magical arts were remarkably prevalent and notwithstanding the numerous converts made by the early christians the ephesia grammata or little scrolls upon which magic sentences were written formed an extensive trade up to the fourth century these writings were used for divination as a protection against the evil eye and generally as charms against all evil they were carried about the person so that probably thousands of them were thrown into the flames by st paul's hearers when his glowing words convinced them of their superstition imagine an open space near the grand temple of diana with fine buildings around slightly raised above the crowd the apostle preaching with great power and persuasion concerning superstition holds in thrall the assembled multitude on the outskirts of the crowd are numerous bonfires upon which jew and gentile are throwing into the flames bundle upon bundle of scrolls while an asiarch with his peace officers looks on with the conventional stolidity of policemen in all ages and all nations it must have been an impressive scene and many a worse subject has been chosen for the walls of the royal academy books in those early times whether orthodox or heterodox appear to have had a precarious existence the heathens at each fresh outbreak of persecution burnt all the christian writings they could find and the christians when they got the upper hand retaliated with interest upon the pagan literature 
the mohammedan reason for destroying books if they contain what is in the koran they are superfluous and if they contain anything opposed to it they are immoral seems indeed mutatis mutandis to have been the general rule for all such devastators the invention of printing made the entire destruction of any author's works much more difficult so quickly and so extensively did books spread through all lands on the other hand as books multiplied so did destruction go hand in hand with production and soon were printed books doomed to suffer in the same penal fires that up to then had been fed on manuscripts only at cremona in 1569 twelve thousand books printed in hebrew were publicly burnt as heretical simply on account of their language and cardinal jimenez at the capture of granada treated five thousand copies of the koran in the same way at the time of the reformation in england a great destruction of books took place the antiquarian bale writing in fifteen eighty seven thus speaks of the shameful fate of the monastic libraries a great number of them which purchased those superstitious mansions monasteries reserved of those library books some to serve their jakes and some to scour their candlesticks and some to rub their boots some they sold to the grocers and soap-sellers and some they sent over sea to ye's bookbinders not in small number but at times whole ships full to ye's wondering of foreign nations yea ye's universities of this realm are not all clear in this detestable fact but cursed is that belly which seeketh to be fed with such ungodly gains and so deeply shameth his natural country i know a merchantman which shall at this time be nameless that bought his contents of two noble libraries for forty shillings price a shame it is to be spoken this stuff hath he occupied in his stead of grey paper by a space of more than these ten years and yet he bath store enough for as many years to come a prodigious example is this and to be abhorred of all men which love their nation as they should do the monks kept them under dust yes idle-headed priests regarded them not their later owners have most shamefully abused them and yes covetous merchants have sold them away into foreign nations for money how the imagination recoils at the idea of caxton's translation of the metamorphoses of ovid or perhaps his life of the earl of oxenford together with many another book from our first presses not a fragment of which do we now possess being used for baking pies at the great fire of london in sixteen sixty six the number of books burnt was enormous not only in private houses and corporate and church libraries were priceless collections reduced to cinders but an immense stock of books removed from paternoster row by the stationers for safety was burnt to ashes in the vaults of st paul's cathedral coming nearer to our own day how thankful we ought to be for the preservation of the cotton library great was the consternation in the literary world of seventeen thirty one when they heard of the fire at ashburnham house westminster where at that time the cotton manuscripts were deposited by great exertions the fire was conquered but not before many manuscripts had been quite destroyed and many others injured much skill was shown in the partial restoration of these books charred almost beyond recognition they were carefully separated leaf by leaf 
soaked in a chemical solution and then pressed flat between sheets of transparent paper a curious heap of scorched leaves previous to any treatment and looking like a monster wasp's nest may be seen in a glass case in the manuscript department of the british museum showing the condition to which many other volumes had been reduced just a hundred years ago the mob in the birmingham riots burnt the valuable library of dr priestley and in the gordon riots were burnt the literary and other collections of lord mansfield the celebrated judge he who had the courage first to decide that the slave who reached the english shore was thenceforward a free man the loss of the latter library drew from the poet cooper two short and weak poems the poet first deplores the destruction of the valuable printed books and then the irretrievable loss to history by the burning of his lordship's many personal manuscripts and contemporary documents their pages mangled burnt and torn the loss was his alone but ages yet to come shall mourn the burning of his own the second poem commences with the following doggerel when wit and genius meet their doom in all devouring flame they tell us of the fate of rome and bid us fear the same the much finer and more extensive library of dr priestley was left unnoticed and unlamented by the orthodox poet who probably felt a complacent satisfaction at the destruction of heterodox books the owner being a unitarian minister the magnificent library of strasbourg was burnt by the shells of the german army in eighteen seventy then disappeared for ever together with other unique documents the original records of the famous lawsuits between gutenberg one of the first printers and his partners upon the right understanding of which depends the claim of gutenberg to the invention of the art the flames raged between high brick walls roaring louder than a blast furnace seldom indeed have mars and pluto had so dainty a sacrifice offered at their shrines for over all the din of battle and the reverberation of monster artillery the burning leaves of the first printed bible and many another priceless volume were wafted into the sky the ashes floating for miles on the heated air and carrying to the astonished countrymen the first news of the devastation of his capital when the author collection was put to the hammer by messrs southby and wilkinson the well-known auctioneers of wellington street and when about three days of the sale had been gone through a fire occurred in the adjoining house and gaining possession of the sale-rooms made a speedy end of the unique bunyan and other rarities then on show i was allowed to see the ruins on the following day and by means of a ladder and some scrambling managed to enter the sale-room where parts of the floor still remained it was a fearful sight those scorched rows of volumes still on the shelves and curious was it to notice how the flames burning off the backs of the books first had then run up behind the shelves and so attacked the fore edges of the volumes standing upon them leaving the majority of them with a perfectly untouched oval centre of white paper and plain print while the whole surrounding parts were but a mass of black cinders the salvage was sold in one lot for a small sum and the purchaser after a good deal of sorting and mending and binding 
placed about one thousand volumes for sale at messrs puttick and simpson's in the following year so too when the curious old library which was a gallery of the dutch church austin friars was nearly destroyed in the fire which devastated the church in eighteen sixty two the books which escaped were sadly injured not long before i had spent some hours there hunting for english fifteenth-century books and shall never forget the state of dirt in which i came away without any one to care for them the books had remained untouched for many a decade damp dust half an inch thick having settled upon them then came the fire and while the roof was all ablaze streams of hot water like a boiling deluge washed down upon them the wonder was they were not turned into a muddy pulp after all was over the whole of the library no portion of which could legally be given away was lent forever to the corporation of london scorched and sodden the salvage came into the hands of mr overall their indefatigable librarian in a hired attic he hung up the volumes that would bear it over strings like clothes to dry and there for weeks and weeks were the stained distorted volumes often without covers often in single leaves carefully tended and dry nursed washing sizing pressing and binding effected wonders and no one who to-day looks upon the attractive little alcove in the guildhall library labelled bibliotheca ecclesiae londino belgiae and sees the rows of handsomely lettered backs could imagine that not long ago this the most curious portion of the city's literary collections was in a state when a five-pound note would have seemed more than full value for the lot end of chapter one recording by maria casper